You're listening to a message from Micaiah Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. Amen. Good morning. I love that song. I am a child of God. There are times when it seems like the enemy wants to tell us that we're nothing, that it's over, it's done for. And then when we get to sing that song and declare who we are before God, and we get to declare that I am a child of God, and that means so much. And it's so great to hear you sing that as a heart declaration. It's not just something we sing about words up on a screen, but it's something that we're declaring out loud, and we're speaking it over our own life. And maybe you're going to speak it over your family. But to declare that I'm a child of God. And that comes with a lot of rights and benefits and privilege and responsibility. And so when we come and we sing, uh, I, I hope that we understand that the power of those words because it reorients our heart. Last week we said our feelings follow our focus. Some of you wonder why. Why do I, why do I enjoy coming to church? And it's because we're reorienting our lives to kind of reflect what we're focusing on. And so I'm so glad that you're here. I'm looking forward to this series. I believe and I'm praying that it'll be a great help to each and every one because it's uh, uh, so needed in our day and age where there's so much misinformation about relationships. So it's great to look at what God and his word has to say. And I'm glad that you're here. You look so good. You're uh, uh, just so upbeat and energetic. And uh, I'm just looking forward to what God's going to speak to us today. Because today is a special day. Not only is it uh, Super Bowl Sunday, but it's also Groundhog's Day. So that's a, that's a cause for celebration right there, right? And similar to the movie uh, of Groundhog's Day where Bill Murray's character was in an infinite loop and the day repeated, I feel like sometimes we can get into relationship loops. You say, why do I always keep dating the same losers? <laughs> why do I keep marrying? No, I won't go there. Uh, why do I keep dating the same type of women? Why do I have the same type of issues? Or it's something like this. My wife and I, we've had discussions where we've said, why do we keep fighting about the same thing? The same arguments. I mean, uh, a lot of the couples in this room, you all fight about the same thing. You're going to fight about finances. That's kind of a given. You're going to fight about values. Uh, is it uh, the, her values or his values? Those will be in competition. Uh, you're going to fight about the children. If there's children in the relationship, you're going to fight about, hey, who, who's going to discipline them? Who's not going to discipline them? Who, who, how are we going to do things? What time is bedtime? What do they eat? What do they not eat? You, a lot of times we fight about the same stuff. And sometimes you might be in a relationship and you're thinking, why does it seem like we're on repeat? It's like a groundhog day. I'm just, I'm just on repeat. And I'm, I'm praying that through this series we're going to break that cycle. That you'll be able to find that, hey, we can overcome these issues. Because I don't want anybody to get stuck. And it takes some time. Uh, Jane and I will be celebrating our 11th anniversary in two weeks. And so I'm excited about that. She hasn't left me yet. I have to tie her down at night so when I'm asleep, she doesn't leave me. But uh, she's been amazing. And it's, it's exciting to see over the years how much better it gets. 
uh, for her. Uh, just keeps getting better. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting dirty looks on that side. So I'm going to come over here. I feel more love, <laughs> less judgment. And uh, don't worry, she's going to get a microphone in a couple weeks. So it'll all be paid back in a couple weeks. You, the, the scripture is true. You reap what you sow. And it does happen. But it's amazing. And you say, why do you want to talk about relationships? Because too often, and maybe you thought this through, is you look at people, you look at them in a relationship, and then you think to yourself, did you think that through? You know what I mean? You just kind of hurt for them. You're thinking, you know better than that. I know you know better than that. And this is not even so much like, oh, well, you're a Christian. You should know better. No, no, no. Take that out of the equation just for a second. I've come to find out that sometimes when it comes to relationships, common sense is not all that common, right? Common sense is not all that common today. And so we have a lot of relationships, and so I hope this series will help you, whether you're single, dating, engaged, married, uh, wherever you find yourself in the relationship spectrum, I believe that Scripture is going to speak to you and be a help because it's tough. It's complicated nowadays. So today, people are doing things that are uh, hurtful to each other. And yet we use a word, and we use this word in regards to things. We say it was consensual. But really, oftentimes, we're consensually hurting one another. And we're using the word, it's consensual. Oh, it got heavy in the room just for a second. I could feel that. That, 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 that took it down a notch. Get back to the Niners. Yeah, Niners. Or, or get back to Hayden on the Niners. Because I know some of you are bitter. Your team didn't make it. And, uh, and some of your teams left you. They went to Vegas. Yeah. They're like, peace. We out. We don't like you. I, I was at a restaurant yesterday. I was invited to uh, my godson's uh, birthday party. And it was awesome. Had the privilege to be there. And on the, the, on the restaurant, the restaurant said, we will no longer show games that are Raider games because fans have ruined it. And I was thinking, isn't that, isn't that, that, that right there? That's sad. That's sad, you know. But once again, the, the, the temperature's going down. I was talking about the Raiders. So we'll get back to the happy subject. And I know what also happens is that when it comes to relationships, married, marriage and dating, uh, sometimes w- the ladies get a little bit more excited about these series than the men do. Because, ladies, let me, let me help you out with something, okay? All right. We look at a relationship, marriage series kind of like we look at our car. We just want it to work. We don't want to work on it. We just want it to work. That's how we want it. We don't want to talk about it. It, just, it should just work. That's all, that's when it, so when it comes to a marriage series, he don't want to talk about it. And some of you are like, let's take the long way home, honey, so we can talk more about the message. Because I have notes that the pastor didn't even include, but the Holy Spirit gave them to me <laughs> to give to you. So no second sermon on the way home. Can we just agree? No second sermons on the way home. Some of you are adding to God's word and you're making up stuff, all right? No, 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 don't, don't, don't throw it in there. And, and I also like to say this, uh, don't throw the elbow, you know, the, the elbow, you know, like, hey, you listen, wake up, and this is good. This is for you. I text the pastor and said, hey, talk about this, and I brought you here. So no, 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 none of that. Uh, none of the, uh, we gave you handouts to take notes. You don't have to fill in their blank. Uh, you're like, oh, you forgot that. You know, make sure you get that. No, you don't have to do that. But in this series, I do believe that we're going to find that it is helpful, even though it is difficult sometimes to talk about certain things. I want to put up something on the screen because here's what I would believe is true. There's no such thing as marriage problems. 
Some of you are thinking, yeah, there is. No, there isn't. There's only people problems we bring into marriage. There's no such thing as a marriage problem. There's only people problems that we bring into the marriage or relationship or dating or engagement. Wherever you find yourself, it's people problems. We're, we're dysfunctional. We're imperfect. And sometimes we believe culture that says once I get into a relationship, the relationship is going to fix all my issues. And a lot of people, we think that. We think, well, if I just date him, if I just date her, if I just get engaged to them, if I just get married to them, it's going to solve all my problems. And oftentimes what it does to these issues is it magnifies them. Because when you're dating, you can go home, you can leave, you can, but once you're married in a committed relationship, all of a sudden, that magnifying glass gets really clear on on issues and things that come up. And so I want you to understand this morning, as we talk about these things, it is a personal problem. So what is it then that we bring into the relationship, the engagement, or the marriage? And this morning, I want to tell you what every person here brings to every relationship. You say, what do I bring to every relationship? You bring a box. Everybody brings a box. Everybody's got a box. And you think your box is invisible. But oh no. Once you get into a relationship, you bring out that box. Eventually, you're going to bring out a box. Everybody has a box. He has a box. And she has a box. And what happens is you get into a relationship. And then you start unpacking What's in the box? You say, what is in the box? You see, for him, he has hopes, dreams, and expectations. For her, she has hopes, dreams, and expectations. It's all in the box. And there's other stuff, too. There is things that he expects what he's going to drive in the relationship. He's got an expectation what he's going to drive. But she's more forward thinking, and she's like, no, there's going to be a big family, so there's what we're going to actually drive. (laughs) So there's things what's in the box. And what happens is you don't know what's in the box until you get in a relationship. And then they're saying, now I get to unpack my box. Because everybody's got a box. Now, you say, how did everything get in this box? A lot of what's in your box is probably more often than not from your family of origin that you just brought with you. Now, some of it is cultural expectations. Cultural expectations weighs heavily on relationships. You can't read and watch and see online everything that we're seeing and it not affect us. It does. Uh, they, they, they amount of content we're absorbing is just incredible. There is the expectations of how much traveling you're going to do. That's a big expectation. And one person may have had an expectation that we're going to travel all the time, but then you may have gotten in a relationship with somebody that says, San Jose is great. We don't need to go anywhere else in the world. And I want to live right next door to my mother. You know what I mean? Like there's that, that expectation All right? And that's in there. And the one person's thinking, this is what we're going to travel. And then there's what, uh, uh, this is what I told you parents I'd warn you about. Then there's what uh, she thought she would wear to bed. Your stuff. Okay? All right? There's, There's what she thought is appropriate to wear to bed because she's thinking, he wants me to be comfortable. That, ladies, is not at all ever, ever, ever what he's thinking. Now, You say, what clothes is in his box? None. 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 All right? 
we got it out of the way in the beginning of the sermon, okay? I told you, it's too late. You should have sent the kids to the nursery, all right? It's not my fault for the awkward conversation. You were warned. Then there's also romance. There's the romance. This is a medicine bottle I gave to my wife one time. I couldn't find white sand, so I got red sand. But it's a medicine bottle. There's romance in there. Oh, I just expected that there would be so much romance in the relationship. And as soon as we kind of got serious, serious, the romance died. Where did it go? Where did that romantic guy or girl go? There, I, I have all these things in my box. There's also, uh, she got in the relationship not because you had money. She just thought you would at least have some money. And yet you got into the relationship thinking, well, we don't need money. We'll live off of love. You don't need money. Love is free. And then, and then she's thinking, you have no money. Uh, there's also other expectations. There's expectations that you guys would eat healthy. And he's thinking, are you kidding me? Pop-Tarts. They kind of cover all the major food groups. And it's just kind of like all these different things that are in each other's box. One person thought, we're going to be spiritual and go to church. The other person thought, you know what? God loves me. I'm a good person. One person said, we're going to have a a dog. The other person said, no, we're going to have a cat. And uh, uh, there's all kinds of things. One person thought, we're going to fill the minivan with kids. And the other person said, no, there's a Lambo, two seats. It's you and me. There's no kids in there. Can't pull pull a trailer full of kids. We ain't having kids. What are you talking about no kids? I was a kid. I don't want to do that again. I'm through that stage of my life. We don't need that. And so there's all these different expectations. And here's what happens. In a relationship, as soon as you meet somebody, you've got all your stuff that you've got in this box, right? All these things that you're just expecting that other person to meet and provide. And it's in your box. And here's what happens. When you get into a relationship, do you know what you do with these boxes? You give them to each other. Say, hey, I love you. Here's my box. Meet all my needs. Fulfill all my hopes, dreams, and expectations. And let's get the government involved and let's seal it. I'll get a dress. You get a minister. And let's do this. And we trade boxes. And the only problem is these boxes are about me. Everything in this box, everything in this box has to do with me, 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 me. It's not our hopes and dreams. It's my hopes and dreams. And every one of us got into a relationship, and what we think we handed them our heart, oh, no, oh, no, you did not hand your heart. You handed a box. And so please turn with me in the Scripture to Philippians chapter number 2 because I believe that Paul writes to this. So whether this morning you realize this or not, there is a box you have handed that person you're in a relationship with. And guess what? What will happen is if you leave that relationship, you know what you're taking with you? Not the cat, not the dog. The box. The boy was bad, but the box is good. And you're going to keep that box. So here's what Scripture says, because that's culture's way of handling a relationship. You've got the box, hopes, dreams, expectations, and you're thinking, they're not living up to my hopes, my dreams, and my expectations. When too often, they don't know what's in your box. They just come home, and they're just just like, what happened? Why are you upset? I'm not upset. I'm fine. 
obviously not. You're banging dishes, you're, you're slamming things. There's something that I did that I'm unaware of. And so notice if you will, let's turn our attention to what Paul has to say. He says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8, he says, Don't look out only for your own interests. You could take the word interest and put box, because that's what the box is. It's your interest. But take an interest in others too. You must, you may want to underline or circle that word must. You must have the same mind that Christ had. He's putting everything on the same. He's saying, hey, 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 listen to me. You want a relationship that works? Here's a must. And the must is the mind. You must have the right mindset. You see, when you get into any type of relationship, whether you are dating, engaged, or married, or you're about to be engaged or married, or you're about to start dating, there's a mindset you need to have, and it's not culture's mindset. Culture's mindset is like, hey, get your career, get your ambitions, get all of it, and then dump it on a person and say, I expect you to fulfill all this. Can I tell you something? They are struggling with their own box. What makes you think they can handle yours too? They're dying under the weight of their own hopes, dreams, expectations. Every time they go home for Christmas, they're compared to somebody. Or they're, uh, they're saying, hey, why didn't you finish this degree? Why don't you make this much? Why aren't you married? Why are you married? Why not, or if you're married, why don't you have kids? Why don't you have more kids? You got one dog, get three dogs. You got three kids, have six kids. You got one job, get a second job. You have one car, get a second car. You have a small house, get a bigger house. And it's always this constant comparison. So they're living under that weight. And then you show up in the relationship and you say, I know you're dying under that weight. Boom, and puts more on there. And then we wonder why the relationship, the bliss and the happiness is gone. Because here's what some of you have actually done. And you don't mean to. Your subconscious knows what it's doing. You don't. And it's this. You say, I'm going to hide my box until he's trapped. And then, you'd wake up one morning, and you're going to be like, what happened? Like, I got a present for you. You got a present for you? Yes, all my hopes, dreams, and expectations. And he'll do the exact same thing. He'll hide it, and then he'll pull it out one day. And all of a sudden, you come home, and you're saying, why is there a sports car in the driveway? Oh, I've always wanted a sports car. I didn't know that. You'll come home, and you'll see a boat in the driveway. I always wanted to be a boat. All right, patch the pirate. Like, what is this, though? This is, like, not a little boat. This is a massive boat that you bought with a big old hole in the side of it. I got a great deal. I bet you did, you know. And it's just uh, uh, like, hey, you come home, and uh, your husband's there, but he's got all of his stuff from his office. And what, what happened? I quit my job. I'm going to be an artist. I've always wanted to be a singer like our pastor with that great melodious voice that he has. I'm just going to quit everything, walk away from that good job, health care, and benefits, and I'm going to pursue my passion. And she's thinking, oh, my goodness, have you snapped? Let's call the doctor. We'll get this fixed. And call the pastor, let's, let's fix this. Why? Because they didn't talk about their box. But here's what he said in verse 5. You must have the same attitude that Christ had. What was Christ's attitude? Though he was God, though he was God, with all the rights, privileges, and power, he said, though he was God, he did not think of him equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. 
Wow. Talk about cultural clash with how to live in a relationship. So we're going to look at these scripture verses together. Would you please write this down? First of all, most people get into a relationship and they do what I call box swapping. They box swap. They say, you take my box, I'll take your box. And that's kind of what we do in our vows, right? I promise to love, hold, cherish, sickness, and in health. And then we're, we're swapping. And the vows are beautiful. They're emotional. They're exciting. But we're box swapping. We're, we're just simply saying, hey, let's trade boxes here. Let's swap them back and forth. Because what are they thinking? They're saying, hey, I, I, here's my box. And I need you. And when we hand somebody a box, what we're really saying is I need you to come through for me. Why are they happy to be in a relationship? Because they're excited that they found somebody who loves them as much as they love them. That's why they're happy. It's like, yes, somebody loves me as much as my mother. Yes, somebody who will just mother me and smother me. That's what I want. And they're just looking for that. They're looking for somebody who will just take care of them and sort of love them. Now, in a relationship, those are good, healthy things. But we're going to get to how that can uh, be perverted and become unhealthy. But what happens is we swap the box. But here's what it feels like when you hand somebody your box. You know what it feels like? It feels like expectations. You know what expectations feel like? Pressure. Pressure. I have enough pressure in my life. Now I have to deal with the pressure that you said we were going to go on this vacation, this dream vacation. Oh, you said we would be in this house by this time. You said you would climb the corporate ladder by this time. And you're thinking, I'm doing everything I can. And, and, and we said we would have kids at this point. And we, you said you would stay home at this point. And it goes back and it goes forth. Oh, we thought we would be able to own this type of vehicle and have this type of life. And you're dying under the weight of expectation. You say, what do we do? Well, culture just says swap boxes, put the expectation on the other. And if they don't come through, then you get to be disappointed. You see, when you leave that relationship, you're taking that box with you. So what often happens is we think for me to be a new person, I need to meet a new person. Because that didn't work out. They didn't make me who I wanted to be. I didn't become all that I wanted to be. So I'm going to go find somebody else who will make me into the person that I want to be. Because I swapped a box thinking they're going, to, they're going to take care of all my expectations. They're going to make sure I'm financially set, physically set, emotionally and spiritually set. You put all that weight on somebody else and you think they're going to come through? Absolutely not. They, and they can't. You turn that person into an idol. You think this person, you're, you're going to make it all come true. And we wonder why the relationship isn't going well. Because we're box swapping. But in a lot of cases, after we do this box swap, you know next what we do? We do the second thing. That's where we start box shredding. You say, what do you mean? We get into the relationship, and immediately we start tearing down the other person's box. I can't believe you eat so much junk food. I just can't believe you're that unhealthy. And they're thinking, wait a minute, I thought you loved me, you accepted me. So what eventually they thought was, Oh, this is going to be a great relationship. They, they know me. They accept me. And then they start tearing apart, like, why do you like cats? That's weird. Weird people like cats. Crazy people like cats. Do you want to be that crazy cat lady? You're, going to be a, you're a crazy cat lady. And it starts as little, small little digs. Oh, I can't believe you like dogs. Do you know, do you know how gross dogs are? 
Oh, do you know, do you know the amount of debt you are in? It's incredible. I can't believe you're in that much debt. I mean, like, oh my goodness, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. Your, your credit score is what? It, it, it's what? You're not in the triple digits? What? And so what happens is we start shredding the other person's box. And you know why we shred the other person's box? Because we want control over the other person. So you start tearing down the way they did things as a family. can't believe you go to church. Or why won't you go to church? We just start shredding the other person's box. Why? Because we want their box to really look like our box. And, and, and that's the wrong approach, isn't it? That, hey, your box is not good enough. Everything that you receive from your family and your upbringing, that's all wrong. So I want to give you four C's to how to destroy your relationship. Okay? Let me give this. This is what's going to make for a terrible relationship. First of all, when it comes to their box, convince them that everything in that box is wrong. We just start convincing them. And we do it so subtly. Have you ever heard somebody say this? I don't mean to criticize. Immediately I want to stop them and say, but you're about to criticize, aren't you? <laughs> I don't mean to be negative, but you're about to be negative. <laughs> so they'll say it like that. Uh, honey, I, I don't mean to be critical, but, um, you know, you, you just take a long time in the bathroom. Like, just a, a long time. Like, it, it didn't help either. I mean, uh, you, that much time with this? I told you these are the C's to a terrible relationship. Don't use these, all right? They're just ones that when we're upset or emotional, we use. So what we will do is we will convince them, oh, no, we got to buy this. Oh, oh, we really need to spend our money on this. Uh, Our kids really need to go to this school. Oh, our kids really need to be in these programs. Oh, I really need to have this vehicle. I really need to buy this. We convince. Not only do we convince them, we also, we convict them. Little guilt trip. Little passive aggressive moves. Like, hmm, would have been nice if you could have been at home on time. Enjoy a hot meal instead of having to warm it up. Destroying my meal. Guess you don't care. I guess, I guess you being at work is more important. Probably talking to that new secretary. She's a little bit too pretty for me. A little bit. A little bit. Think why I know you, why you like to talk a little bit longer at work. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then we start, we just going at it. So we start convicting them. Then we start outright just controlling them. No, the money's mine. It's all mine. You don't, you don't get any money. What are you talking about? You don't earn enough in this family. Whoever earns more gets to make more of the decisions. Whoever, whoever uh, knows better. So we just start taking control. Controlling the schedule, controlling the finances, controlling the, uh, just everything. Just taking control, taking control, taking control. Not only do we stop there, we also go on, and then we start to coerce. This is where a relationship can really get ugly. And eventually what will happen, here's what will happen, folks. One person in every relationship, before it totally disintegrates, totally will just capitulate. And then the other person says, I've won. I created the perfect man. I created the perfect woman. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And we wonder why they're not happy. Because after all, doesn't everybody know that once, once you act like somebody else, of course, that's what brings happiness, right? Like, come on, be like me, and we'll, you'll be happy like I am happy. Or she'll say it to him, if you just do everything that I do, we would be such a great couple. Instead of understanding that, wait a minute, we box swapped, then we started shredding each other's boxes. This is not a recipe for a happy, thriving, healthy, wholesome marriage. This isn't it. This is, this is the opposite. 
You see, what happens is there's always that winner. And the winner in the relationship is thinking to themselves, why isn't he happy? Why isn't she happy? They should be so happy. No. And then we're surprised when they're just gone one day. Like, why would she leave me? Why would he leave me? I just came home. There was a note and bag was packed. Because you went through the four C's of a terrible relationship. You were controlling, convicting, coercive. There was all these things you were doing. And you didn't know because you were just, you, you did what culture did. Culture says, get a box. Fill it full of everything you want and then dump it on somebody else. And who doesn't want somebody else to help them with their box? Come on, we all want that. We all want somebody to just invest in our lives and just, just make it all better. And some of us have codependency issues, and we'll do that for a while. Where we're just like, yes, I'll fix this, and I'll fix this, and I'll fix this. And that's not a relationship. That's a project. And guess what? Nobody wants to be a project. They will want to be a person that you can love and care for. And so we're, we're, we're wondering what happened. Because all the while we're thinking there's got to be another way. So what do we do with the box? That's the question, isn't it? What do we do with this box? Leaves my third point. We'll spend the rest of the time here. And that's box sharing. Not swapping, not shredding, but box sharing. It's saying, hey, you have hopes, dreams, and desires. I have hopes, dreams, and desires. But scripture says, let us have this mind. And the key is this mind. But what kind of mind was it? He said the mind of a slave. The Greek word is doulos. Now, doulos means in, is voluntary slavery is what it was. So there was two types of slave in the Bible. There was a type of slaves where you had no, nothing you could do about it. But then there was another type that he wants to stay a slave. He said, hey, to live out there is worse. Here I get meals. And you can look at Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son where he's eating the hog's food, and he's saying, it's better to be a slave in my dad's household than to be here. He's saying, why? Because his dad took really good care of the slaves there, really good care. And that seems like it's a very harsh word, isn't it? Very harsh word. Why would scripture use that word, doulos? Because it was voluntary. It's saying, hey, I'm a slave to this person. It's a voluntary slavery. Now imagine if you said that in your wedding vows. I'm a voluntary slave. Everybody would be like, uh, I think we need to have an intervention for her. Like, I think this is a uh, 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 little Stockholm syndrome, maybe. Mm-hmm. Let's get her some help, him some help. You know, let's, let's figure this out. And so uh, these things can happen. You say, but how do we properly share? But Paul is saying care about the happiness of the whole is really what he's saying. He's saying care about the happiness of the whole. He also said in Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So you say, what do we do? Do we conform to each other? Just conform? No, that's not it. Do we compromise? Do we just, do we just compromise on this thing? A compromised relationship is, is committed to the wrong thing, though. You say, what do you mean a compromised relationship is committed to the wrong thing? I hear people say this all the time. I'll go out to eat with somebody. And they're saying... Because I'll do marriage counseling, and I'll say, hey, what do you guys think about uh, separation, divorce? And they'll be like, no, I'm committed to this marriage. And I was like, oh, okay, committed to the marriage. And I'll sit down with people, and they'll say, yes, I am committed to this marriage. I'm committed to the marriage. I'm committed to the marriage. And then it just came to me like, wait a minute. Nobody marries a marriage. Nobody dates a date. Nobody engages a date. We date a person. We engage a person. We marry a person. You say, that's semantics, pastor. No, no, it's not. 
You see, what it ends up seeming is like, you're going to white-knuckle this thing and like, whether we're happy in this relationship or not, we're going to stay the course. And we're going to smile at church and at life group. And we're going to pretend to be happy. And when we post something on social media, we're all happy. I don't, I don't think that's, that's what God wants for you. He wants so much more. But how do we get there? Because you want more. You know there's more. You want more. And guess what? Throughout this series, we're going to build on how do we get to that passionate, dynamic, uh, exciting relationship. It, it is there. We've seen it. There's so many couples in this church and in other places where they have that relationship. So how is it possible? It's possible when we say, guess what? I'm, I'm done with saying I'm committed to a marriage. It sounds so much better when I say I'm committed to you, Jane. That sounds so much better. It sounds so much better when you name that person and say, I'm committed to you and who you are and everything that we're working through and everything that you are and will become. That changes the dynamic. But too often what happens is we get into the relationship and we've got these expectations. And expectations, you know what those do in a relationship? They create a debtor relationship. And here's what happens. When somebody owes me something, it's hard for me to be grateful when they pay me back. If you owed me $1,000 and you give me $1,000, not like, whoa, $1,000. No, it's my money to begin with. I'm like, thanks. Thanks. So what happens is we bring that into the relationship. We feel like we're owed dinner. Oh, this is what we're eating? Oh, that's what you're going to wear to bed? Okay. Oh, that's what you're going to eat? Oh, that's the car you bought? Oh, that's how you're going to raise the kids? Oh, that's how you're going to talk to me? Oh, is that the kind of attitude you're going to have on our anniversary? Okay. Okay. Why? What happens? We feel owed, and you're the debtor. Also, it's hard to show gratitude. It's hard to love somebody that you feel owes you. Do you feel like the IRS loves you? Like, do you get the warm and fuzzies between now and April 15th? You're just like, ooh, I just got a love note from my IRS agent. I just paid them $8,000 of my hard-earned money. I can't pay my mortgage. But my IRS agent just gives me the warm and fuzzies. No. Why? It's a debtor relationship. Expectations create debtor relationships. Where now when that person does anything, it doesn't matter what they do, you feel owed. You owe me. Because we've moved from box swapping to box shredding to now it's box sharing. But then it can feel like expectations if we're not careful. And then that person has this pressure that, man, nothing I do, and you've heard this and you've said this, nothing I do ever makes you happy. Why? Of course not. Of course. No, you owe me dinner. You owe me this. You owe me this paycheck. You owe me this house. You owe me this car. Because why? You got in the relationship and you expected them to handle all this. And you never dealt with this. You never told them really what they were getting when they got you. You weren't honest. Some of you are in a relationship and you are wondering, why do we fight so much? It's because you guys have actually never really talked about what's in the box. You've never unpacked it. You don't know what's in his box. He's never unpacked it. You've never, this week, your homework, find out what's in the box. That's it. Some of you will solve a lot of your relationship fighting, squabbling, arguments, uh, discussions. You know what? When it comes out, it comes out at the most inopportune times. 
We went on our anniversary dinner last year. We were late, and I was driving fast, and I got pulled over because I was trying to make our dinner, which didn't help the romance for that day. I was the one that wanted to wear this after that. Let's just put it that way. I was like, no, those, I'm wearing those. I get to wear the pants. You say, why? Man, it was a debtor relationship. I had an expectation. You're not coming through for me, so I'm justified in being angry at you. Is that the mind of Christ, yes or no? So let me ask you a really troubling question, and I want to put it up on the screen. And this is going to bother you as much as it bothers me. What does your spouse, fiancé, or significant other actually owe you? Don't answer. I'm just going to put it up. This is a very difficult question. What do they actually owe you? Like, really? Do they really owe you a car? Do they really owe you a house? Do they really owe you a vacation? Do they really owe you these things? Here's what's worse. This question is a hard question that's going to cut to the heart. But you know what's worse about this question? You actually know the answer, and you don't like it. And I don't like the answer. Because you know what the answer actually is? Nothing. Because Philippians says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It says, hey, have this attitude. That he who is God said, guess what? I'm going I'm to lay all that aside. And he's saying, I'm setting the example for every human being. This is the example. So imagine if now you stepped into the relationship this week. And you said, guess what? I can't be perfect like Christ, but guess what I can do? If Christ is telling me to have this mind, then guess what? I can have this mind by the grace of God. So this week, your prayer in this relationship is, God, if you're telling me to have it, then guess what? I can have it. I can have a mind that says, I love this person. I will sacrifice for this person. I will give for this person with no expectation of return. Because why? This person owes me nothing. They owe me nothing. So guess what? That means everything they do for me. It's awesome. You made me Pop-Tarts. I love Pop-Tarts. You stayed with me. I love it that you're still with me. You're still here. It's Valentine's Day. What do you want to do? We're still together. Oh, man, you, you took care of the kids. They're alive. They're alive. All of them. The cat's alive. The fish is alive. Hey, you went to work for eight hours? Oh, my goodness. You've got a paycheck. You brought the paycheck home. You're amazing. You washed the car. You did the dishes. You did the laundry. You made the bed. You cooked a meal. You took out the trash. You mowed the lawn. Hey, you showed up. You gave me a hug. You played with the kids. You took them out to a soccer game. You took them to a hockey game. Guess what? All of that stuff that you and I take for granted, what if you just started getting excited about it? Like, oh, my goodness. I'm married or I'm engaged or I'm dating the most amazing person. Because guess what will happen? They're going to be like, oh, you. You think, you think all that of me? I'm telling you, you know what will happen to this right here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's gone. That's gone. They, they, that, that's what will happen. You start showing crazy gratitude, just crazy over the top, like, oh, my goodness. God gave me the greatest gift in this wife, in this person, this husband. It's amazing. I can't believe that I get to be in a relationship with you. You know what that does? It makes them feel amazing. Here's what's sad. Most of you get more appreciation and gratitude outside of your home than in it. Most of you are rock stars everywhere else but your house. 
you come home and you're like, I got underwear stuck to the side hallway. How in the world did my kids do that? Like, that's incredible. Like, I don't know if I should be proud or grossed out. I, I don't know. My kids, oh my goodness, look, oh, we've eaten Taco Bell for five days straight. I'm failing. And then you go to the office and you're like the go-to person. And you're like, why do I feel like a failure at home? And then to hear somebody say, oh, we're eating out again. Be nice to have a home-cooked meal. You're like, I'm dying under the weight of the expectation. So how do we change that? Let me put this last point up there. What if we had the attitude that we owe each other everything but are not owed anything in return? Wouldn't that change everything in your relationship this week? If you just acted like, I owe this person everything, but I'm owed nothing in return. And I know it's challenging, isn't it? You say, well, how do I practically walk that out? Let me give you three tools. First of all, you can walk it out with appreciation, communication, and consideration. Appreciation, communication, and consideration. This week, I believe God is going to challenge your relationships to go to another level. But it's going to start with, first of us, let's deal with the box. I entitled this message, Box Swappers. How will we break the cultural norm and say, God, let's do something different. God, I believe that there's a passionate relationship out there, but I got to deal with this. God, help me with this. So whether you are dating, engaged, single, married, been married for 50 years, deal with the box. Man, don't swap it. Don't shred it. Share it. Say, hey, this is what's in our box. Let's deal with it. Let's pull it out. There's some good things. There's some bad things. There are some things that it's like, yeah, let's do that. Let's go the distance. Let's be that type of relationship. And let's see what God will do. Can we all stand? Grace, Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for what you're teaching us, what you're showing us. There's some powerful truths when we take Philippians 2, verses 4 through 8, and then we start to just put it into our relationships. So I pray for every person here that they are single and they're thinking, how am I going to figure out this dating? For every person here that's in a dating relationship that they're just thinking, how do I not blow this one up like I blew up the last one? For every person that's in a marriage relationship that is just struggling under the weight of expectation and just thinking that I just, I'm in a debtor relationship, would you give them a sense that now there's a way out, that there is a sense that there can be peace and freedom and calm? Would you help every person here that's saying, I am done with marriage, it's, it's old-fashioned. Would you, would you help them to remember that marriage is such a great idea, it can only be God's idea. It's just that good when we do it your way. So, Father, would you help us take these scripture verses? Would you bear it deep into our hearts? And if we will practice it in our homes, I believe that you can totally reinvigorate our relationships. Father, I pray for everybody here that does not know you. I pray that there was something that was said that would lead them closer to a relationship with you. May you bless them and speak to them. We love you. We pray for all the relationships here. And if you're here this morning, you're saying, you know what, Pastor, I need some prayer this morning. Nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. Can I pray for you? You're in a relationship. You're saying, I need help. Would you lift up your hand? Can I pray for you? I see those hands. Thank you for your vulnerability, your honesty. You know, more importantly, God sees that. And the Bible talks about that the humble will be exalted. God can exalt you. He can lift you up. That's what exalting means. He can lift you up out of the relationship that you're in and take it to another level. So that's what we're praying for, that God will do in something exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask, think, or imagine. I believe that God's going to do it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. 
If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect.